Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Ty Richardson is co-host of the Morning Rush, 6 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday at ESPN Arkansas. He is on X at Ty Sports Radio. He covers the SEC, college football. He does it all on the Gabe Coon Show every single Wednesday. Ty, what's happening, man? How are you? I'm loving the rejoin, guys. This brings me back to my papa glory days. I haven't <laughs> heard this song in, in quite some time. Great great intro. Great I have, I'm very eclectic with my uh, with my rejoin music. I'm all over okay. the place. So I like I, sometimes, do I usually bring you back to Drake? Is that what we usually do? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's usually Drake. I'm I'm very all over the place like you, Gabe. I'll listen to rap, country, pop, classic. I mean, it really doesn't if, – if it's fitting me at the right time or if it's hitting me, then I'll take it. And this definitely, this definitely hit me on a Wednesday night. Yeah, um, do you uh, – did you enjoy your Halloween? That's another question that I have to start off the, the segment with. The lamest I've been in 28 years. I think I was dressed up as a toddler, and I did not sport anything. I didn't pass out candy. I was uh, I was in bed by 7.45. Oh, it is God. embarrassing how old I've gotten in the last couple of years. Well, you guys. do have to be up and at them pretty early for your show, so I don't, I don't fully blame you for going to bed early. But it was Halloween three, night, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm lame. I'm up at three forty five each morning. I know you're probably still you three forty five. Three forty five. No joke. That's not being sarcastic. I have a alarm that goes off every morning at three forty five. I'll get to sleep. That's a that, that's that program director uh, vibe right there. My God. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I I I get off a little early. It's a little different schedule, but uh, yeah, three forty five. The the alarm is not always kind to me in the morning. Um. So yesterday on Halloween, we did have the news, and I have to start here because I find it hilarious. Um, our man uh, Connor Stallions. Did we? Did you? Did you see him in his disguise in his uh, Halloween costume on the uh, Central Michigan sidelines? <laughs> I did, and I saw McIlwain got asked about that pretty early. Or actually, yeah. I didn't even get asked. He just went into it. Um, there, there's just there's this story is just taking. It continues to take different odds turns, and I, I saw some person on social media matched it up, and it almost looked exactly like him. The fact that <laughs> they played they played the Curb Your Enthusiasm music in the background. Yeah, I've seen that yeah. video as well. Yeah, they haven't. I, I mean, they haven't come out, Gabe, and said that that's a coach on staff. So, I listen. We're we're believing anything at this point. But the fact that Central Michigan hasn't released a statement saying, "Yeah, this is so and so on staff," they just look alike, makes me think it's actually him, which is wild. And there's also a video. Have you seen the blue light that, that beams off of the uh, glasses? People are people uh, are trying to assume that maybe he had a uh, a video camera set up in the glasses because you can do that. There's wow. A, there is a pair of Ray-Bans that you can throw a uh, throw a camera in, a video that's camera like in. Spy, that's like spy tech stuff. That's See, but this is, this is like I, I, I gave the benefit of the doubt. Um, and, again, I don't think like in-game, like going in-game, in-person, doing the scouting, I, don't, I still don't think that's a big deal. It is against the NCAA's rules. But clearly there was no stop. I mean, if, if they find out this is Connor Stallions, there was no stop to how far they'd go to get – him in person and get the signs that uh, their opponents were going to be dawning on the sideline, if you will. There was no stop to it. 
Yeah, that's pretty, I mean, that's pretty bad if you ask me, Gabe. I I know we commented, we, we kind of are coming from a different angle last week where it's Michigan, it's a bigger deal because it's Big Blue, people were making it because it's Harbaugh. But the more that comes out about this story, I'm starting to change my opinion on this. And I think I think one of the reasons this they may have said it was based on schedule and Ohio State has two quality wins this year on the road at Notre Dame and at home against Penn State. But I also think part of the reason that they ranked the Buckeyes ahead of not just Georgia but Michigan is because what's going on right now with what's coming out of Ann Arbor. I truly think the old heads of that committee, and there's plenty of them, that do not like what's been going on the last 48 to, I don't know, 64 hours or so. I guess so. But, like, when you look at the top four, I find it, like, weirdly enough, I find it relatively fair. If you look at the college football playoff ranking, Ohio State at one makes it Penn State and Notre Dame. Notre Dame being on the road. Those are some of the, the those are two of the best wins anyone has on their schedule right now. Uh, Georgia, uh, they say I, I find it weird. By the way, the conversation about top twenty five wins, you have to be a top. It has to be a top twenty five win. It has to hold up through the weeks. They did beat Kentucky fifty one thirteen when they were the number yeah. twenty team in the country. Uh, but Michigan, I I, I feel like because I talked about this on the show yesterday, I was wondering if they were going to be outside the top five. Ty. I, I was I was wondering that I figured the committee would leave them in just because they have been dominant um, based on what they've been able to do. Like their schedule is not good, but they've beat the hell out of out of everybody. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But I figured they'd be left out of the top five just because um, they they haven't. I mean, what's their premier win right now? Like, what, yeah, what is it? Really... Nebraska? Like, who is it really? Who who have yeah. they beat that really jumps off the page at you? No one. Yeah, they have it. And they'll get a chance to do that when they go to State College, Happy Valley coming up, and they host Ohio State. But I think, I mean, there's the scenario that could play out, as it kind of did last year, is but it could be the opposite. Maybe Ohio State wins that game. Michigan's just got that one lone loss. It just depends, and, and they still make the college football playoff. It really just depends on what happens during the course of the Big 12 season where Texas and Oklahoma are both sitting at one loss. You've also got um, – Florida State being undefeated right now. Washington is undefeated. I think they lose this weekend ultimately against USC. I think it's a back-and-forth game between Penix and Caleb Williams, but I think USC does just enough offensively because Lord knows their defense isn't going to help them out in that game. But uh, it it is going to be a fascinating next four or five weeks to see who represents the four teams in the college football playoff. Now, let me ask you this, though. First week of college football playoff rankings, how much do you really, like, get – uh, you know, sidetracked by how they rank them, what their excuses are. Book Oregon, the committee chair, coming out and saying what what the what the excuses are for ranking um, uh, people a certain way. Like, how much do you buy into the first week? Because I I usually don't. I wait until you know the second to last week of the season uh, before that final regular season game, and then I then I'll uh, have a little bit of outrage. But right now, I try to I try to save the outrage. Well, I was, I was talking about this on our show. I was more invested in that than I was in Game 4 of the World Series, which, once again, I, I would guess had terrible numbers like the first three yeah. have. I think, I, and maybe because I'm still in college football mode, but I found myself more in, intrigued about who was going to be in the top four there than I did about if Texas could go up 3-1, which they did last night. We'll see it. Uh, we'll see in about an hour from now if they're able to, to win the, the World Series and go back to Texas, but... I, I still think that like it's it's a big deal because it sets the tone initially. But I understand people not willing to get worked up for, through the first week of the season. Like you said, the second to last week is the more important one. There's no question about it. Um, do you have any? But th- this week, do you have any uh, any issues with the way it was? It all played out. I think there's some people that will uh, talk about Oklahoma beating Texas, and then it went it went Texas at seven, Alabama eight, Oklahoma nine. Um, like, do you have any overwhelming issues with the way it was? Uh, it all it all shook out this week. No, I really didn't, because I you had to put Texas above Alabama because of the win in Tuscaloosa. It won a neutral side game. I mean, they won that game in Bryant Denny Stadium. Got to give them credit for it. I think people were still wondering about it's Malachi Murphy, right? That's I'm, I'm saying his name. Correct, Gabe, the backup mm-hmm. quarterback. Uh, Ma- Malik Murphy. Yeah. Malik Murphy. Malik Murphy. My bad. Uh, Malik Murphy. What he does. They've got Kansas State at home this week. And for Oklahoma to lay an egg in Kansas, and I know Lance Leopold's done a really good job there, 
but it's still Kansas. Like you can't lose if you're Brent right. Venables, you can't lose in Lawrence. It's one thing to lose in Dallas against Texas. It's another thing to lose in Lawrence. And then you look at uh, again Alabama being in front of Oklahoma. I think people have watched the Crimson Tide and outside again the poor performance, really the poor second half against Texas. They've looked I mean, they've won. They haven't looked great, but they've won games when they needed to, including against Arkansas, where I was at a couple weeks ago. So I, I, I really didn't have a huge issue with the top ten. Ole Miss is a sneaky I mean, Oxford not too far from you guys right now. Yep. That's a sneaky team with Alabama if they get lucky and lose this weekend and are three way tie with LSU. It's going to be a fascinating discussion down the stretch in the conference if there's a tie for for three one-loss teams in the league. Well, two massive games this week in particular that I think could uh, sort of uh, clear the picture up for us. Ole Miss dealing with A&M at home, and then also you're going to have Alabama dealing with uh, LSU at home. So I think we could really sort of figure out uh, how how that plays out this week. I'm not not going to act – as if I think those are uh, fully winnable games. I think those are those are toss-ups in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I like LSU, what they can do to Alabama uh, offensively. Jay Daniels has been terrific all year. You hate it for him just for his Heisman chances that those seem to be pretty much gone at this point. But I don't think there's anyone out there necessarily that's locked up the Heisman. I think Michael Penix has done a great job out west with the Huskies. But, I mean, you look across the board, I guess we were talking about Michigan, J.J. McCarthy, um, those again not defeated uh, down south, south uh, east. Jordan Travis for Florida State. Um, this this is a big week for not just to get in the college football playoff race and conference hunt, but who could really emo- emerge as a Heisman front runner? Because I don't think there's anyone that's necessarily solidified themselves to that point. Gabe. Now I talked about it yesterday. Now please tell me you saw. Did you see the opening comments that uh, um, Lane Kiffin had on Texas A&M oh, yeah. week? He he basically said. This is a team in A&M who you look at their roster and you feel like they should be a top 10 team every single year. And, and I translated that yesterday. It sounded like, and you, you can correct me if, if you think I'm wrong on this translation, it sounded like Lane was saying, you know, I'm terrified of what A&M has on their roster. I'm terrified of the players, but I do get sleep at night because Jimbo Fisher is still the head coach. Yeah, Jimbo has just not been the same coach that he was in Tallahassee and College Station. And I also think anytime you see, like, or you hear something like that, I think that's also a message to College Station and the A&M fan base. Hey, listen, if this doesn't work out, which it doesn't look like it's going to, what do you think I could do with that roster? I mean, right. Ole, Miss wants to, Ole Miss wants to get inside the top ten, and they, they, he does really well in the transfer portal. We know he's an offensive whiz, but he, when it comes down to it, it doesn't, doesn't seem like he has the dogs to beat Alabama. We've seen Jimbo do it once, could have done it a second or a third time. To be honest, they've gotten close. And I wonder if the changes made in the offseason in College Station, how much that fan base would target Lane Kiffin, who was, again, vetted by Auburn, at least on the surface. And I, I think a candidate out there that um, narrowly escaped them as well. Yeah, and A and M is just it, it recruits itself in a lot of ways. You can give Jimbo credit, I guess, for twenty twenty two bringing in the number one recruiting class. But the amount of money that gets thrown out there by all those donors and everybody else, all the money they have, it feels like it would just be simple for a guy like Lane Kiffin or really anybody to go in there and recruit at a high level, at least be a top ten recruiting class. Yeah, I, I think that a lot of you said, and then it comes down to, to coaching and development, which outside of the, the COVID year, A&M is not what I consider had a perennial year under his leadership. And this year, once again, I mean, I don't expect him to win. That game's in Oxford, if I recall correctly. I don't expect him to win uh, this weekend at the Grove and in Vaughn yep. Way Stadium. And that puts him, I think it would be five and four. So yep. they're, and they're basically out of the SEC West race right now. That would essentially eliminate them altogether mathematically um, almost to at least. So it's, it's difficult because I mean, Jimbo, give him credit. He went out and tried something new to hire Bobby Petrino that hasn't. And I, you just wonder if, if Connor Wigman right. was still a quarterback, how different maybe that team would look and said, you got Max Johnson, who is a decent SEC QB, but he's not, He's not the guy that's going to help you beat the Crimson Tide or other top dogs. Or like Tennessee, like when they went when yeah. they went to Tennessee, the two picks, like it just jumps off the page. Like I like Max Johnson, and I think it hasn't been like a, a an insane drop off. 
and I feel like they should still be able to be a, a, a solid offensive football team with Max Johnson at quarterback, but there is some mistakes he makes that I didn't see from Connor Wigman early in the season. Um, now, I, I do kind of – I do have my sort of – when we look at Kevin Sumlin versus Jimbo Fisher, I know this gets brought up weekly, but through 68 games, <laughs> Kevin Sumlin was 46-22. and 22. And then through 68 games, Jimbo Fisher is 44-24. and 24. Isn't it amazing, though? And I know that Jimbo won the natty when he was at Florida State. But isn't it insane the difference of sort of how we looked at those coaches when, when Jimbo took the job versus now? Like Kevin Sumlin, I think, sort of got castigated as a, as a guy who under – underperformed, and you could argue that he did underperform by the end of his, his time at A&M, didn't really have the premier season without Johnny Manziel. But at the same time, like when you just look at the results, he was a solid coach at A&M, and they, didn't, they, they could not stand him by the end. Yeah, I mean, you think about what happened in 2012 when they went 11-2 and and had the win in Tuscaloosa, and you followed up. I, I want to say they went 9, they either went 10-3 and three or 9-4, and four the next year, and they played Alabama really tough at College Station. The offense was just too much uh, for the Crimson Tide. So that's uh, – when you start out really hot, it's – the expectation is to either stay there or get better, and they didn't do that under um, him as a head coach. And I think for Arkansas, you can look at Sam Pivens' second year, 9-4. and four. Maybe they peaked too early because now they're nowhere near that and don't doesn't look like they'll necessarily get to that point anytime soon. So – I mean, it's, it's a beast, college football, SEC, and then you're in the West on top of that. The East is hard enough, but when you're asked to go up against not just the best coach ever in Nick Saban, you also have to take on LSU, Auburn. I mean, there, there are teams that you have to battle each and every day. Auburn's a bad football team this year, but yep. they went toe-to-toe with Georgia, and I, I expect them to give Alabama a battle because of that rivalry game. So even the teams that are, quote-unquote, down, it's you still got to fight tooth and nail to win these games, man. Yeah. Now, um, this is an obligatory Dabo question. Dabo Sweeney, we've talked about him just about every single week. The response he had to good old Tyler on his call-in show was one for the ages. Five minutes worth of a rant, basically telling him, a, a Tyler, who's a, a, a fan of Clemson, you're part of the problem. Expectation. Um, you know, you you don't you don't meet that with appreciation. But I, I do I, I still can't understand why Dabo takes this route. It's not like I'm surprised he takes this route. This is sort of in his uh, book of tricks, if you will. But I can't imagine a guy like Kirby Smart or a guy like uh, Nick Saban or, or any of these or Jim Harbaugh, all these guys, when they have a bad season, you don't see them making a whole lot of excuses and blaming fans. That's not how you do it when you're a when you're a, a program that should be taken seriously on the college football playoff stage every single year, but he's four and four right now, and he acts as if people should be appreciative of the fact that the last what twelve years have been ten plus win seasons. It's just it's strange to me that that's the route he continues to take. And I think Clemson fans are wearing thin with their patience because of that aspect. I, again, the rant is hysterical, and I know you probably right. played it on your program, and I'm. Um, I've listened to it a few times, but uh, I just maybe maybe if push came to shove, they would say the same thing. But I'm trying to envision Nick Saban saying that, or Kirby I can't, I cannot that. envision yeah. that. Yeah, and, and again, they haven't necessarily pr- been presented with that. Saban went 11 and I think 11 and two last year with two losses by four points. I know Smart's been at the doorstep before, and they've come up just short, but. I just, again, I can't see them saying that. And Clemson, because of Dabo's unwillingness to, to adapt to certain things like NIL and the portal, as we've spoken to, Gabe, there doesn't seem to be a scenario where they get back into the fold of winning the national championship until he does what he simply doesn't want to do. And that could ultimately prevent him from being uh, the, the same caliber of coach that's where Smart looks like he's heading. Right. Saban's been for quite some time. And, you know, the reason I can't see them them saying that Kirby Smart and Nick Saban is Kirby comes from Nick Saban's coaching staff. And what has Nick Saban said in the past? He says when you build the expectations, when you build up a program, you have to feed the beast. He said that multiple on multiple occasions in the past. When you create expectations, you have to keep up those expectations. That's what comes with an $11 million salary. You're paid to win 
you know, 9, 10, 11, 12 games, potentially get to the college football playoff every year. And when your fan base gets used to that, I mean, the truth of the matter is you have to keep that up. And I don't know. It's strange to me that Dabo seems to ignore the fact. Like, you want to blame the fans, and we could have this conversation on a, on a large scale about fans getting spoiled, right? But fans mm-hmm. have always been spoiled. When you create those expectations and they don't get met and you're 4-4 four and, four and you're a 500 football team, of course those fans are going to be peeved. Of course those fans are going to feel like you're underachieving. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any doubt about that. So don't, again, and I, he just basically fueled the fire. I don't know if I see in some of these situations, and I get coaches are like us. They get mad at certain things and they have to let go of their emotions. We've been in those situations, radio rants, various other things. Right. Uh, I just, I just think Gabe and that situation, like Tyler, you're entitled to your opinion. I don't necessarily agree with it, man. Um, I'm doing everything I can right. and then just be, and then be done. But again, he goes what he called old Testament. And instead of helping the situation, he ended up making it a bigger problem for himself. And I guarantee you, his communications director is advising him, and he might listen, he might not, to not go about it that way again. And the thing, the thing that I just keep coming back to is Dabo needs to make changes, right? And we've talked about it at nauseum, me and you, Ty, where it's like, get in the transfer portal, make something happen. Okay, stop being against the transfer portal and guys that want to uh, go to a different school for a better situation. With NIL, you need to embrace it a little bit more. You need to do those things, but based on all this messaging, I, it, it's hard to imagine him changing those things if this is the message he gives out every single week. He wants to do it his way, and if he doesn't get it done his way, it feels like he may be out of Clemson at some point. Like That's, that's sort of where I'm at right now, and I've been seeing you know, since Trevor Lawrence the trend down in that program. It's all come to a head this year. Yeah, it's he's had elite quarterbacks. You think about – I know Taj Boyd isn't necessarily – in the same star, uh, he was the start of it, though. Let's be honest. Yeah, and he was. I mean, you had Sammy Watkins, DeAndre Hopkins. I think Spiller was right before that time period. There was one other outstanding wide receiver whose name I'm forgetting, and they had some dudes. And then you again roll through uh, Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson, flip those guys because Watson won the first championship after getting to the championship and losing to Alabama close. And then Trevor Lawrence just blows by Alabama, and we were asking almost the exact opposite of this that the question we're asking now is Nick Saban going to get passed by Dabo Sweeney and Kelly Bryant comes in has a has a decent year they get to the semifinals they just can't stack up to that Alabama team and since then they just haven't been the same so whether it's DJU whether it's Cape Clublick this year they've got to find an elite quarterback and there's plenty of guys to go around um, in college football and high school but unfortunately for Dabo, he hasn't hit on his last two or three. And beyond elite quarterback, you need to get back to where your D-line was. Cleland Farrell and Dexter Lawrence. And, I mean, just Christian Wilkins. Just keep going down the line there. Um, you know, you had Trenton Simpson last year at linebacker. On the outside, you used to have T. Higgins and Justin Ross and all these different guys. You just don't have the same talent anymore. And where do you find that talent, Ty, in this day and age? You find that in the damn transfer portal. That's where you find it. And yeah. I, I hate to say it, I, I hate to put it that way, but that is where you find that elite talent that's going to give you production immediately when they get on campus. Yeah, and, and those guys you just listed, at one point they were all playing on the same defensive line. So not only did you have guys in like different years, but you had, like at one point, a, a crew of either first-rounders or I think maybe a all three and one second round guy, which is just unbelievable. I mean, now it's not often you find those guys over the course of like three or four years you had them all on the same line of scrimmage. So, it, I mean, you could block three guys and the other guy would get loose. Exactly. That was just how it was for Clemson. And that's how it was for Nick Saban in Alabama for years. And it seems like Kirby's really taken that model head on now. So, I mean, the trench play, as you know, since you played it, it is the most important on the football field. If you have a great offensive line, quarterback, wide receivers, and running back all look better. If you have a terrible offensive line and or defensive line, it doesn't matter how your back end looks, it doesn't matter how your linebackers look. It doesn't matter how your skill players look because they either don't have time or the offense has all, all day to throw against your defense or run on your defense. So uh, really, again, credit Kirby Smart for, for finding that in Atlanta, which he just goes like 45 minutes, and Dabo has just not had the same success with Georgia's ultimate rise, which probably hurt Clemson 
uh, just as much as anything. Okay? And I do wonder about, you know, the the amount of sort of staff turnover he's had. He likes to promote from within. I thought it would be a little different this year with Garrett Riley, but they're still running that vanilla sort of Dabo offense, if you will. But losing Brent Venables and Tony Elliott, we may look back at that and say that was the start of the downfall. But we'll see. We'll see what it looks like here in a couple of years for Clemson, see if Dabo can right that wrong, that he is abs- he's, he's absolutely wrong this year. Four and four for that program. It's just, I mean, I, the truth of it is it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Yeah. I don't think anyone would doubt that. And I'm talking with Ty Richardson at Ty Sports Radio on X from ESPN Arkansas. How about them hogs on uh, on the road going to the swamp, having to deal with Florida? Um, they have to save bowl eligibility at all costs. Um, I don't know if I believe that they'll be able to do that. You're dealing with Florida. Then you have to deal with Auburn. FIU should be a win. If it's not, Sam Pittman, without question, will be fired. Uh, But then you have number 12, came in at number 12 in the first um, college football playoff poll. That would be Mizzou. What do you feel about this weekend? What do you feel about the prospects of Arkansas somehow saving bowl eligibility this year? I can't imagine you feel like the prospects are very high. It's like 1%. Now, I will say this. If they win this weekend, I think they'll beat Auburn next weekend. If they somehow beat Auburn, then – or say they somehow win this weekend, they're not losing FIU either. So, right. But I, that, the Missouri game still, even if they had won three straight, which is probably like less than 5% to begin with, that's still a long shot to beat a Tigers team. That is the surprise of the SEC. Eli Drinkwitz is the – Eli Drinkwitz is the coach of the year at this point. And give them credit because they've come out and – Nowhere where they've got to, they've got to go to Athens this weekend, which we know is a daunting task. They're like sixteen and a half points or underdogs for good reason. So even if they get clobbered this weekend, if they can still have some success in some other spots, uh, they have to play Florida, um, and they also uh, again have to play Arkansas at some point. They, they, it's just a tough matchup, and uh, I don't I don't like Arkansas to make a bowl. I'm not going to bet on it because it would be one of the worst decisions of my entire life yeah now i will uh, continue to ask you this just about every week because i think it's very topical and i think it's an interesting conversation to this point you feel as if sam Pittman will get another year um regard i mean as long as he does not lose every single game the rest of the way and this is a two-win team right what so do you they, where do you what do you think of that conversation like have you changed your tune at all do you think Sam Pittman could get fired? I mean, I, I, I am I am a little bit – I'm curious about this. I like Sam. I, I keep saying that, but you have to have the results. Here's what I would say, Gabe. You lose every game from here on out, you're fired. You lose every game but one, that being FIU, you're probably still fired. You win at least one SEC game, you're probably keeping your job at 4-8 and eight. Um, if you win – if you somehow win three games, yeah, you're keeping your job. You went four, make a bowl or lose a bowl, you're keeping your job regardless. So, yeah. I mean, he's playing with fire at this point. Every coach on that staff knows that they're fighting for tooth and nail to to stay on campus, and no one likes to be in that situation. Um, but yeah, he's uh, if I if you're telling me if I'm going to put money, I would still put money that he's at Arkansas this next season. But it's not exactly a bet I'm confident in based on how this season has played out. And these one-score losses continue to pile up against Sam. He's either five and thirteen or five and fourteen in one-score games at Arkansas. That's not, not a stat you want to be associated with. No, now, it's not. Now, um, I, I've seen a little bit of it from uh, Hog fans, from Arkansas fans. But how much has there been of hey, this guy's out there? If we fire Sam now, uh, he could potentially be the next head coach here. We feel good about that. How much has there been sort of looking around by the fan base? I mean, that's all over message boards, but there's people out there, Gabe, that think that Dabo Sweeney would consider the Arkansas job being where he is <laughs> from Atlanta and stuff like that. So it's like it's, it's, it's a clown show, yes. and it often is during coaches' searches for any fan base. That's not just to bullet all Arkansas fans because it's really across the board in college football based on what you think about your program. The only thing that matters is what coaches think about your program during coaching searches. And Arkansas was not exactly a highly attractable job during the last coaching search. Definitely not. Now, the benefit would be if they were going through one. I saw Ross Dellinger had this, that outside of Mel Tucker, who was fired with cause, there's been no coach fired through two months of the season for on-the-field performance, which hadn't happened in like a decade. Now, there's jobs that could come open, i.e. Um, Mississippi State, A&M, 
some of the other schools that we've talked about to this point. It's just you don't. It's like you want to get out in front of some other schools, so you have a better chance of hiring someone better. But at the same time, like it, it just I don't know how attractable the Arkansas job is. I'd be curious if there's a change made at whether it's this season or in future years, what kind of candidates they could attract to Fayetteville. Now, last thing for you, because you brought up Mississippi State, and I've been hearing about this with Zach Arnett. Like I. I know that when we hire and fire coaches, and particularly when we fire coaches, it's not always we we're not really worried about the fair meter. How fair is it? But that feels damn unfair. Is if Zach Arnett got canned after one year with Mississippi State, and I know that like offensively, he's completely uprooted their entire system. He has Mike Wright playing quarterback. Will Rogers looked great under Mike Leach, but they had a they had a, a head coach die last year. Zach Arnett was a great defense coordinator. You had to hire from within, and he hasn't really had a whole lot of time to really get everything implemented for himself. I mean, I know we don't worry about fairness, but that one in particular would feel incredibly unfair to me. Yeah, and I, I think Mississippi State finds them in a Matt Luke situation where they like Arnett, and I don't think he has state ties as Luke did, but – it's like you feel like it's not just to let him go at this point or, or set yourself up in that situation. And yet at the same time, you don't feel like that the guy in Starkville is going to be the one that makes you competitive as Dan Mullen did a few years ago in the West or Jackie Sherrill did in the nineties. So I just, I don't, I think it's a tough call if you're the athletics director there at Mississippi state. I'm forgetting. I, I know it used to be the, uh, it was either Auburn or uh, Mississippi. I can't remember the area, their AD's name, but uh, it, it is it is not a situation I would want to find myself in, especially for a guy that uh, the players seem to to like and adapt to, even though the the record hasn't exactly shown it this year. Yep, for sure, no doubt about it. And of course, their only win in conference came over uh, <laughs> came over Arkansas. Where, Sorry to do where, that to in, you in Fayetteville. In Fa- oh yeah, it was in Fayetteville too. Yeah, I'll yeah. add that to fuel the fire. Yeah. Yeah, that's brutal. But, Ty, appreciate it, man. Appreciate you hopping on. We'll do it again next week. Always, Gabe. Looking forward to it. Yes, sir. That is Ty Richardson at Ty Sports Radio on X, co-host of the Morning Rush, 6 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday at ESPN Arkansas. Now I need to go ahead and hop into the Blitz. And uh, of note, I already talked about it a little bit when we did our trip around the National Football League, but I have to give you my real take on what's going on in Las Vegas right now. With our man, Josh McDaniels out and the GM, Dave Ziegler, out. That's next. Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Guests appear on the Smile Center hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show. Live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Everyone has disasters in their life. Big, small, medium, it doesn't matter. When you have those disasters, you need someone to respond and someone who takes pride in responding. And the best people, especially in this area, at doing that for you, Service Master by Cornerstone. Largest franchise in a 600-mile radius.
hideous. Doesn't matter that they're large, though. They're the best. They've been awarded Service Masters Franchise of the Year Award, meaning they're the number one Service Master Store franchise in the United States of America. Water damage, storm damage, mold remediation. If you have a fire and there's smoke damage, call them. Call Service Master by Cornerstone. Um, again, no matter the place, no matter the size, it could be a school, office, home, residential property. They will be there to respond in your time of need. Tyler, the president and owner of Service Master by Cornerstone, and his team take pride in what they do, and they help you at moments like this. Their motto is, we don't pray for disaster. We just pray that we get called when there is one. So remember the name, locally owned, locally operated, Service Master by Cornerstone. Now, I bring up that word respond, responder. That's a very active word. If you want to reach out to Service Master by Cornerstone, remember that word because that's their number. 901-RESPOND. 901-R-E-S-P-O-N-D. 901-RESPOND. Now, we are live in the Service Master by Cornerstone studios, and it's time at this point in the show to get to the blitz. Now, the biggest stories overloading the line of bull rush of info. It's Gabe's Blitz on the Gabe Coon Show on 92.9 FM ESPN, Memphis' sports station. And always remember that the Blitz is brought to you by Sissy's Log Cabin. Brad, what you got for me? We started in Las Vegas with Josh McDaniels, and I woke up to the news of GM Dan Dave Ziegler. They are out for the Las Vegas Raiders, Gabe. Yes, uh, beautiful, beautiful. It needed to happen. Yes. They weren't going to go anywhere with with that uh, that makeup of Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. Um, but I, I do want to go to Tim Brown, longtime Legend. legendary receiver for uh, the Oakland Raiders at the time. He said a lot. This is this is him via X. A lot of things I don't say because I know my words carry weight, and the players can't say it because they are in the fire. But I felt like this was a repeat of the '94 season when you internally knew we had a problem, but you couldn't say it publicly. And we all remember the Monday night debacle in 03 versus Green Bay. I told Al Davis after the game, you have to make a change for the soul of your organization. Midseason changes are not easy, so kudos to Mark yeah. for making this move. And I want to start by saying kudos to Mark Davis for seeing that Josh McDaniels is losing Devontae Adams. He had his hand-picked quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo looking like absolute garbage. The offense didn't do anything. They haven't strengthened the defense all that much. You have good players, but you're not going to compete with this guy and Josh McDaniels. And and I want to start by saying, good job, Mark Davis. You recognized you had an issue, and you got rid of it. Now, on the bad side... Mm. I don't know how upfront you made this hire in the first place of Josh McDaniels. I find it embarrassing, and I, I will always find it embarrassing. When you look at his history, uh, his Denver Broncos tenure, he was the only guy in the history of ever. Uh, any type of talent evaluator would have told you that Tim Tebow was not going to be a starting NFL quarterback. He decided to pick him at 29 at the end of the first round. He wanted him to be his hand-picked quarterback of the future. Um, but he had a 694-day uh, tenure with the Denver Broncos. Then with the Indianapolis Colts, you remember that? Mm, <laughs> he that took the brutal. job for eight hours and 22 minutes. Beautiful job there. But regardless, mm. he he gets hired with the Raiders. It lasted 639 days, a little bit less than the Denver Broncos. He was a guy who has made all of his money and all of his fame and all of his coaching prowess. All of that is on the back of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick as the OC for the Patriots. And after that first stint with the Broncos, you should have seen that this guy's not head coaching material. I hated when this this hire was made in the first place. I blame Mark Davis for that. I'm happy at the fact that he went midseason and made a hard decision. But the fact that Mark Davis up front thought that hiring this guy was going to solve your issues is unbelievably stupid. And, like, think about his last two hires, John Gruden and then Josh McDaniels. He's on the hook for how many millions of dollars at this point? $40 million plus for both of those coaches because all coaching contracts are guaranteed money. And this is not like, like if you look at the Las Vegas Raiders, like I try to tell this to people all the time. In the NFL, not all, yes, you're on a salary cap, but not all franchises are created equal and have the same amount of money. The Las Vegas Raiders are not the Los Angeles Rams. Los Angeles Rams, they have money and cash that they can throw around like crazy. You saw it. That's the reason they won a a world championship, won a Super Bowl. Las Vegas Raiders are cash-strapped. They don't have a lot of money. That's why they didn't fire Josh McDaniels after last year. But when it gets so bad and it spirals out of control, you just have to say, screw it, I have to fire him, I have to eat this loss. And he's going to have to pay this money even though – 
he probably does not have the means to afford it at this particular moment. Yep. So this is just, it's a it's a disaster. But in the end of the day, good on the Raiders for getting rid of a major problem with their order. <laughs> All right, to Jim McElwain, uh, one of our <laughs> new favorite coaches. Um, by way of Montana, the southern-voiced Jim McElwain on Connor Stallion's maybe pictures. Let's. You want me to go to the audio yeah, here? Yeah, do the audio. Let's yeah, hear it. Let's, let's hear. This is Jim McElwain, head coach, Central Michigan. You know, before we go any farther, uh, we've obviously are aware of a uh, picture floating around so with the the uh, – the sign stealer guy, um, you know, our people are doing everything they can to get to the bottom of it. Um, we're unaware, totally unaware of it. Uh, I certainly don't condone it uh, in any way, shape, or form. And, uh, you know, I do know that his name was on none of the passes that were let out. Um, now we just keep tracing it back and tracing it back and try to figure it out. But it's in good hands with our people. Um, and again, uh, you know, there, there's there's no place in football for that. <laughs> no, <laughs> the sign stealer guy. I love that. It's the whole I love clip that. in and general. And also, Jim McElwain. You mentioned he's from Montana. I'm glad you did that. Where's his southern? Like he's it's got. So is it like? A, do we call it a southern accent or a country accent? Because maybe he's like a cowboy from Montana. I don't know. It's a little played, country. Played ball, I think, in Eastern Washington. Okay. I don't know how he has that accent. I'm kind of confused. I know he spent time in Florida. I know he spent time in the Southeastern Conference. But I'm I'm just a little bit lost. Forgive me. It's slightly the the description I'll give it is huckster-ish. You know, okay, there we you are go. we are uh, we are investigating. It's a little like <laughs> it's it's almost Texan. You know, you know how Bush Bush had a little bit of a <laughs> yeah. a little bit of a shortstop when he talked. You, you kind of but, clip, clip the yes, word. Yes, but he's Montana. But he's by way of Montana. It's the free spirited Montanian. Um, uh, bizarre. We do not condone it. Uh, we we have investigated it, <laughs> and uh, uh, it is not in our culture to do it. Um, can I say it right now? Please, that's Connor Stallions. I'm sorry. Of course like, it yeah, is. Like, there's no way I can I can think <laughs> anything differently. Yeah. I, like I, we were wondering yesterday, and the reason I believe that it was probably Connor Stallions is because Central Michigan didn't come out. They, they could have said, "Hey, this is Coach X, Coach Y, whoever the hell it is." They didn't do that, and now you see Jim McElwain. Not get asked about it after the game, just so we're clear. Open the presser and just brought it we up. We got to address it. Brought it up. And clearly he doesn't think it's anybody on his staff. And he says, the sign stealer guy, we didn't have a, <laughs> you know, none of our passes to the sideline has had his, his name on it. Yeah. Um, this story is wild. It's wacky. It just gets it's weirder <laughs> and weirder. Now, I, I think now, yeah. I think now with this, because there's a couple of things that really throw me off about the Central Michigan thing. This is master disguise stuff, and it just really throws me off, the Connor Stallions thing. Oh, the whole Going thing. Going on the sideline yeah, with sunglasses with the and you got to get to the video you and showed I'll, me, too. I'll, show you, I'll talk about the video in a second. I have not taken this seriously. I apologize for that, okay? <laughs> um, but quite frankly, I take it seriously now, but I still laugh about it because I find it unreasonably hilarious. I find it so funny that a guy – would literally go out of his way with a pass to get on the Central Michigan sideline that does not have his name, wear sunglasses, wear a hat, do all that, and completely hide his identity just to sort of look at the other sideline. But then there's that video that came out. Yes, go there. Um, Josh Pate, who uh, he does late kick with Josh Pate on 247 Sports, uh, everyday college football show. He has released a video of what – seems to be Connor Stallions on the sideline for Central Michigan at Michigan State. And his glasses, he sort of peeks around a couple guys, and there's a blue light flashing on the left side of his glasses. And I'm not going to throw out this accusation as if I know for certain that he had a video camera on his glasses, but it certainly gives the look that there was some type of hidden video camera on the right side of his glasses. And if that is the case, it shows to no end was Michigan ever going to stop doing this. To no end would they try to get the signs on the other side. 
It's amazing to me what this story could end up being when we have all the details uncovered. And it it, it just throws me off in a big way. It is unbelievable to, to continue to see these details release. Has become my favorite story. Yeah, it's hilarious. And it's my favorite story because of the layers. And a lot of uh, people who have called in the radio station who listen, they've asked me, they're like, it's some low-level $55,000 a year employee. And to that I say, they pay their sign stealers $55,000 a year to do good work. It's, 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 why, it's for- why millionaires should always tip big, and it's why they should pay people who they are around and they work with a lot of money to do things. You know what this brings me back to, though, is like the fact that these idiots, I'm going to call them idiots, and Counter Stallions in particular, he bought these damn tickets and yes. got into these stadiums using his own name on freaking Seat Geek and StubHub. What are you doing? Again, if you're going to cheat, do it right and don't get caught get in sinister. this type of You way. need to go deeper. Now, here's the other thing. It's wild. I, I know how this ends with the NCAA, right? In a few years, they'll end their investigation. Ugh. They'll pass down penalties. And then Michigan will pay for it from then on. And I heard Jason Smith say this, and I think this is a very, very smart, astute point that really will resonate with a lot of you out there. At some point, the NCAA is going to have to turn around, get their investigation done in a brief manner, and punish the Michigan football team this year while this staff is still there, the staff that allowed this to perpetuate. They need to get it done now. Yeah. Because in three years... They're probably not going to be doing the sign-stealing stuff because they know that the NCAA is looking directly at them. They're probably going to, you know, there's some level of probation. There's some level of, of, of worry about them continuing to do the things that they've done to get them to this level. But I understand that they're a potential national champion. I understand that they are at the top of college football. They were number three in the college football playoff rankings. But if this is perpetuated thus far, I think the NCAA needs to hand out a swift punishment and say, this is the year you get punished because I don't want to punish the guys down the road. Cause, no. I mean, we just talked about the Raiders job being open. Who's to say that Jim Harbaugh doesn't leave to go take the Raiders well, job Well, and, and we year? did learn, this is why they also should expedite it because if, if he's penalized this year, he would have to sit out those games with the NFL because of the way the new NFL structure is. Right. They, they're, they're upholding NCAA you know, penal, penalties for these coaches. So that may keep him from going, yeah. going to the Raiders. But either way. But it would at I, least I, keep him out of coaching but, some games. But, but it needs to happen now. You're right. It's a great being, point. It's got to be handed down now because in right. three years you're going to have a new – uh, you know, new staff yep. members, new people, new players yep. that should not be pun- p- punished and penalized for right. what they've done this year and really since 2021. I don't think that's fair in the slightest. So I heard Jason make that point earlier. I just have to reiterate yeah. it. I thought it was a very good point. Um, hand down this punishment ASAP um, because I get tired and I grow tired of people that were not implicated in all of these issues being implicated on the back end. Very, very annoying. But that'll do it for the Blitz. One more segment left in the day. That's going to be the Rewind when we return on the Gabe Coon Show. Now it's the Rewind. Now we play about like Rewind. Brought to you by Memphis Barbecue Company. Rewind on 92.9. Beautiful show today. Ty Richardson joined to talk a little hey, college hey. football and SEC. Jeff Calkins per normal at 5 o'clock. And we had a lot to talk about, including, you know, Tigers versus UCF at home, what we think about the rest of the season. But there's something going on at Liberty Park where the uh, city's not doing a good job of affording all the development there. I, uh, I I picked his brain on that because I know he talked to Sam Hardman from the Daily Memphian today on his show. Uh, but also there was lots of Grizzlies as they start their West Coast road trip tonight. They need a win hugely. That leads me to my big game tonight. What's the biggest game tonight? Presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Grizzlies visit the Jazz. They're in Utah tonight. Jazz are two-point favorites. I'll tell you what. Come on, Gabe. I feel something deep in my stomach. I feel it. Grizzlies are 0-4. Is that indigestion or a win? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Grizzlies are 0-4. Tonight's their first win. That's my hey, prediction. That's my right. prediction. Even though they're two-point dogs, okay. I feel it. Luke Kennard is going to be back. Three-point shooting is a lot better. Offensive juice is going to be there. They've had a day off. I just feel it. I think they need it. The city needs it. Grizzlies win tonight on the road in Utah. Fast forward. Fast forward. Uh, tomorrow, 
Matt Reiser. It's going to be a great show. Matt Reiser, head baseball oh, coach of the University yeah. of Memphis, is going to join the show. Had a conversation with him a couple weeks back at the Tulane game. He seems in good spirits, and you know, I, I think he's loved his time at the University of Memphis in the city of Memphis good. so far. Um, their fall scrimmages are done Friday. I'm going to catch up with him before his first season. Ryan Horvat will make some picks from BetMGM tonight. We have Thursday night football, Steelers and Titans. I'll break down the Tigers versus USF as well as college football week 10. As a whole, make sure that you join in. But that will be a wrap for today. Thanks to Ty Richardson and Jeff Coggins for their contributions to the show. We'll meet back here at the same time tomorrow. But in the meantime, we're going to pass you off to Amber and Ian before we get to... The Grizzlies versus the Jazz at 7.30 pregame. That will be Gary Darby. But for Brad, I'm Gabe. Be easy, be safe, and enjoy the rest of your night. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.